And so, with the cup held high, me the leave Croke Park, All-Ireland football champions for 1949. Oh, beautiful me, you've got all that I need. Dimpsey hits Davin Fay. Anthony Finnerty comes in and gives him a touch of the elbow. Colm Kyle hitting Finnerty. This is Colm's first punch. Finity delayed reaction, looks around, sees Martin O'Connell coming in and thinks that the best action is to go down. What a set of matches we've had. Four terrific and memorable games. Final score meets 2-10. Dublin, 15. So Joe McDonough, GA president, presents Sam McGuire to Graham Geraghty and meet of the football champions. Hello listeners and welcome to the We Are Me podcast. It's uh, Mickey Rispin and I'm also joined by Davey Brennan who's on the far side of the mic here tonight and uh, Davey it's, uh, it's been a great day so far. It's a shocking uh, thought that isn't it? A concoction of us two ages. <laughs> uh, great day and uh, an incredible day I suppose Mickey you know. Uh, yeah. Um, Probably we were the talking point of the country up until about six o'clock this evening, and then it all turned after that. But no, ridiculous day. Yeah. Was, but but that's the way you wanted. We were the talking point of the country uh, in GA terms up until about six o'clock, and then all of a sudden, all of the uh, the, the, the 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 what's the word the all of the God we can't even remember words today. Well, that's not that's not anything unusual with me. But all of the emphasis turned, yeah. I suppose, to Munster and uh, Cork's win over uh, Kerry. So it's grand. We're going in under the radar. We're going. Uh, we're going in under the radar. <laughs> yeah, you really stress that. Um, yeah, no alcohol has been consumed in the making of this podcast. Yeah. I, I may say, but uh, no, we we absolutely look at. I suppose ours was the most eye catching out the weekend up until that point, but. I think the Cork and Kerry result probably illustrates the unpredictable nature of knockout football and how great it is. You know, it's absolutely brilliant and the unpredictability of it and what it brings and results like that. I think Kerry are out with the con- out with their country. Out of the, <laughs> the All-Ireland. Kerry have been cut off. Been cut For that off. shock defeat, they've been exempt from Ireland. They're going to send over to the UK. But yeah, what a day. Yeah, and um, myself and Davey, we've been talking about this for a long time. Um, we did it last year on the first round of the uh, of the Leinster Championship where uh, Mead beat Carlo. We decided that we'd go for a few beers that day, and then tonight, um, after we, we, we had planned this, that we would go for a few beers after the um, Mead versus Wicklow game. Now, obviously, with the lockdown, um, you can only travel five kilometres, and Davy lives alone here in his little wooden cabin, <laughs> so I was allowed to come out and spend a bit of time with him just to make sure that his mental health. Uh, was uh, was 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 probably being depleted because I literally drive him mad. And another thing that's going to drive him mad is the fact that Davy, I haven't thrown a dart in I'd say about ten years, and I'm after beating you in a game of golf on the dartboard. And yeah, well, that's only a game of peace now. Let's let's call a spade a spade. Um, one game of peace, and the deciding game will come uh, after this podcast has been recorded. But we will indeed in share. In fact, that. it yeah. will come midway through the podcast. Oh, we will be pausing, oh so we will during the, the during the podcast to uh, 
to finish off the the the, the round of darts, uh, it's a golf game that Davy has introduced me to in the darts, and we will be finishing the darts, and uh, we will give you an update on who the eventual winner is. He's right; it is one all. He did play me before we recorded our Patreon podcast, our Loyal Royals podcast, uh, the the review of Meadham versus Wickle. And he beat me in that one, but once I got a few drinks into me, Davy, I tell you what, thing, I was hard bet. I was yeah, hard bet. I'm not just fearing for myself, but I'm fearing for the listeners here and what might follow in the next half an hour of that. But let's keep it going, Mickey. Come on, keep <laughs> just, it together, man. Just when, we, just when we mentioned that, there a great quote. I think it was from the Offaly manager back in the '80s, where he was asked, uh, you know, they were going to play Kerry in the All Ireland final. And uh, how how serious were they about it? And he says, there's lads in that dressing room who haven't had a drink since Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah, I think we're, we said with yourself are a bit similar here tonight. Um, on this week's um, We Are Mead um, podcast, we have results from the weekend. The Camogues were out, the Hurlers were out, the Ladies Footballers were out, and of course the Men's Senior Footballers were out. We have a little bit of news on the managerial merry-go-round. And I could, couldn't say that last week when I was sober. And uh, this week when I have a drink or two in me, I'm well able to say it. We also have a little bit of news on the club lottos that are taking place throughout the county. And we will be going to Instagram Interactive. We'd also let you know what we are doing on our Loyal Royals podcast this week. So, Davey, I suppose we'll start off with the Camogues. Camogues were up against um, Antrim uh, on Saturday. They were playing in, in a skein on Saturday, I think it was. And a game that I suppose they probably would have been expected to win. But they lost in the scoreline of 116 to 2-9. A disappointing result for the Camogues. And, uh, uh, you know, they're not gone. That's the main thing. Um, they are now next weekend, next Sunday, I think it is, in the uh, quarter final, And they'll face off against Derry. But it was a bit of a shock result there today against, or last weekend against Antrim. Yeah, it was, Mick. Um, they... <sighs> Like they actually started the game very well and got an early goal and everything and it looked like it'd be I wouldn't say playing sailing but it looked like they were on the right track but unfortunately you know Antrim came back at them they're not a bad side and they were definitely a big uh, open standard from what they played the week previously against Kerry um, in saying that though Mead rallied came back at it went ahead but it was the goals really that, that swung the game and like Mead Mead hit I think Mead got two or three on the day that really probably kept the minute. But Antrim were the better side. I don't think Mead can have any qualms about that. But as you say, Mickey, like, in oftentimes when this is the case, when you're not actually, probably in stark contrast to maybe what happened to Kerry this weekend, when you actually have the opportunity to come back out the following weekend and put it right, it could be the best thing that can actually happen to you. Yeah. You know, the good kick up the arse yeah. that, that you maybe need. And if they, if Mead go and win next weekend, get a performance, they go into the semi-final with, with renewed optimism Um. And last week, and, and this, this weekend, to be totally forgotten. Exactly, yeah. and that's it in in a nutshell. Like there was a couple of things that just didn't go their way in the day. Um, difficult day probably for forwards, and probably being a little bit, you know, forwards are in this type of weather and these type of conditions. It's probably extra tough for them. Um, and a couple of them maybe just didn't have the days that they would normally have. But I'm sure they'll go and work on it. Brendan Skeen is is so experienced at this level as well. Like he'll he'll go away and they'll probably park it until whenever the train maybe choose the night and they'll, they'll just go at it again and they'll treat it as a knockout championship game which is what it is in the quarterfinal um, this weekend yeah and uh, that game uh, against Derry next Sunday in the All-Ireland quarterfinal I suppose Davey like um, you'd be quite friendly with a few of the commodes and uh, you know it's it, it is 
very disappointing for them and, and, and the ones that you've been talking to are quite down about it. Yeah, like, and naturally, and that's the way you want it to be, you know, they, they, they're probably hurting and they'll know that, you know, they probably didn't perform to the best of their abilities, but they'll want to come out and I'm sure they'll come out with a renewed vigour and they'll come out and, you know, with a bit of a sting next weekend and hopefully go and, I suppose, make amends for it. Um, the, the gas thing about it is, if it's in a neutral venue, you could say it could be back in the scheme. You know, it'd probably be maybe with Cavan, that uh, probably a neutral venue that would suit both teams. But uh, no, I, I look at I think it's not the end of the world. I think they'll go and they'll they'll probably um they'll approach it as a new game. They'll have to put that one out of their system, Mickey. You know, try and move on, forget about. It. I know it's difficult in that, but they're much better than probably what they showed on Saturday. I did get to see it. Um, I thought there was some great performances. I thought Claire Coffey had full bag for them. It was absolutely fantastic. She's. She's consistently an 8 out of 10 game in, game out. I thought she was brilliant. And, you know, herself, she was probably one of the lone rangers. But, like, if they can get a little bit more from the forwards, I think, and they can be a little bit more clinical up front, like they were the first day against Kerry, I think they have no no one to fear. Because with the likes of Amy Gaffney, Sinead Hackett, Jane Dolan, you know, um, Aoife Minogue, they have so much quality in that forward division that, can, that they can kick on and get a match winning score. Yeah, wasn't a great weekend for any of our uh, players that hold the stick, basically, uh, because the hurlers went out against Carlo, and while it was a, a quite a promising display, they were very unfortunate in Dr. Cullen Park when uh, they lost out by 122 to 121. One-point loss for the hurlers, and, you know, heartbreaking stuff there. On the, away, two weeks on the trot, and, uh, you know, not getting a result on the road will be, will be tough. Yeah, will, but they'll take great solace and great heart from the way in which they performed. And, uh, you know, the first game against Kerry, I won't say it was a little bit of an old show, but they were comprehensively outplayed. And against Carlo, whilst they were being beaten by four or five or six or seven points at one stage, they managed to rally and get themselves back in the game and back in contention. And had they had another two or three minutes, I'd suggest they probably would have got something from the game. You have to remember that Carlo are a team operating now Division 1. Like which is I think they're Division One B at the National League, so they're they're a pretty good side, um, and they're a team that have aspirations of challenging for the Joe McDonough. Went up and got a point in Antrim last weekend. Probably should have won the game. You know they conceded the goal in the last minute. So superb performance for me. They obviously had the likes of Alan Douglas back. Adam Gannon was back, having recently married, um, and Damien Healy. He came on and got the goal for me late on that made it that grandstand finish. It was four minutes added. And there was at least, I think, two minutes of stoppages in that time. Mead got the goal on the fourth minute. Pucker came and it was blown up straight away and probably should have got another play out of it. But that's just the nature of it. I think what we can gain from it, there's no relegation in the Joe McDonough this year, Mickey. So we know that Mead are going to be operating in this again next year. So it's about competing and challenging. That they can challenge. They have Westmead next weekend. And Westmead are a team that aren't going particularly well at the minute. And... I suppose traditionally Westmead would a team in in hurling senses would be a team that would always have the Indian sign over Mead. This is a great opportunity for Nick Weir's men to go and get a result now and approach the last two games. They are dead rubbers in essence, but go and approach them and try and get a result to take into the National League and Championship next year. Yeah, it's all it's all about um, I suppose getting some sort of performances and, and showing what they're what, what they're capable of before they go into the Joe McDonough Cup again next year because Obviously, as you said, there's going to be no relegation, but the Mead Hurlers face off against Westmead West next weekend. So best of luck to the Hurlers. And moving on now, and uh, we're going to get to two wins now, Davy. 
the Mead ladies footballers um, were taking on Leitrim and that game was in Mullahorn in Cavan and they came out quite comprehensive victories or victors in this one 5-18 to Leitrim's 10 points and uh, that sees them into a semi-final of the All-Ireland Intermediate now we're not sure who they will face off against because they were obviously in a group of three and next week down in Leitrim uh, play against each other in uh, the final group game but it's a dead rubber so um, Mead have a nice little two week break before they play in the All-Ireland semi-final yeah and uh, I think the big one was probably last week against Down and we could say, safely say that now um, to get over that game and there was a game in which they were pushed to the pin in their collar really by that downside they probably went into the Leitrim game in the back of their heads knowing that a lot of the hard work was done without being overly complacent about it but they did a very professional and um, impressive job really over this Leitrim side. Just looking down through the scores, like Stacey Crimes, 2-5 on the day. Bridgetta Lynch, who was the hero off the bench last week, getting yeah. the insurance score, she contributed 2-1 from the start this this week. So that gives Eamon Murray and his selectors, you know, a real headache in terms of selection going into that semi-final. Um, Megan Thine, a goal and a point, she was obviously playing for the Camogie team as well yeah. yesterday. So, you know, what a what a performance from the dual star. She got a goal in that Camogie game as well. Um, so she's going ever so well. Emma Duggan, five points. Don't be fooled by the number five or number seven on her back. She's playing in the forwards, you know. I she's... thought you were going to say, don't be fooled by the rocks that I got. <laughs> I, I'm still, I'm still from the block. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> five points from Emma Duggan. Um, I'm then, still Emma from the block. Yeah, and then Neve O'Sullivan uh, with, with the customary three points herself, you know. So... There's a really good spread and array of scorers in that panel and they're clearly performing extremely well. You heard Vicky Wall on the podcast last week, Mickey. They have aspirations to win this championship. It's not about getting out of the group. It's not about getting to the semi-final and having a run. They want to win the championship and that's just the bottom line of it. Yeah, and uh, you know they've, uh, they've put down a marker now. They've laid down a marker after beating Leitrim so comprehensively. They get that two-week break before their semi-final, which is absolutely brilliant for them as well. Anybody with little niggles or knocks will uh, will be able to clear them up over the next two weeks and uh, they will face off against the winners of Group 4 or Group D, as some people have been saying, uh, uh, in um, in the ladies' intermediate and we just have to wait on the result of that after next week's games. So moving on, Davy. now the Mead men's senior football team took on Wicklow in, uh, in Ockram on Sunday or today, depends on when you're listening, listening to the podcast. And... Let's just say a comprehensive victory. Um, 7-14 to 7 points in favour of Mead. And uh, while, while it was an unbelievable performance mm. and, you know, when you rack up 7-14, you obviously play well. There's a couple of things like, you know, if you, if you go on to our Loyal Royals podcast, you'll hear uh, Davey speaking to um, uh, uh, the Mead manager, Andy McEntee. And Andy McEntee turned around to you and he says that, like it wasn't an easy victory, you know. Like and, it, and while while we had double the amount of shots that Wicklow had and whatever, while and while we did convert seven fourteen, we still left a lot behind us there. So there is a lot to work on going into the game against Kildare. Yeah, you probably walk away from it and think to yourself, "Geez, we've actually played better in games than lost." <laughs> yeah. you know, and that was the holy all of it. I I was surprised with how poor Wicklow were, to be honest with you, Mickey. I. Um, I've seen a bit of them against Wexford the last two weeks really in the league game and then the championship game and I, I thought they were a decent side and they'd make it tough and tight and get plenty of men behind the ball and make it hard for me yeah and, and obviously having come back after the lockdown they faced off against Antrim mm. who 
who uh, were also looking for promotion, and that was a huge game. Yeah. And they rattled off seven goals against yeah. Antrim that day. And they only managed seven points against me today, so they didn't offer much today. Yeah, and we were talking about like how Antrim pushed Cavan so mm. close this weekend as well. So um, the thing that like surprised me, because when we went to Wicklow in 2013 and when we had them in Navan in 2015, they weren't as good a side as they are now. I could comprehensively hand in heart say that. But they made it extremely tough for us. Now, granted me, they're a better side than they were then. Exactly, yeah. But I was just surprised with maybe how open they were. Like, the prime example was probably Brian Menton's goal. Like, he literally caught the ball in the 45 and ran through an empty defence. It was nearly like watching Manchester United defend against the Istanbul team. I was going to say Istanbul against uh, <laughs> on, on Wednesday night. Like You've it was been the, in Istanbul a few times. Yeah, it's not a, it's not a great experience. It is a, it is at three o'clock in the morning. It's, it's the not at three o'clock the next day. <laughs> <laughs> but, but but it was the exact this podcast is brought to you by Istanbul <laughs> on the square in Navan. <laughs> it was it was like the Red Sea opening, Mickey, for for Mentos goal. You know, and it was so uncharacteristic. Like their home side. You know, playing on their own patch, it's notoriously a hard place to go and get a result. But they made it easy for me. Like, three first-half goals, I think, speaks for itself. And mm. to be honest with you, it was all over bar the shouting at half-time. Yeah, and uh, some really good performances on the day as well. You know, um, debutant, uh, championship debutant, um, yeah. uh, Jordan Morris scoring three goals and four points. And, you know, like, what a wonderful return from him. And, do you know, he doesn't look out of place and he's just... He's ready and willing to, to put on that jersey and say, look, if you're better than me, take the jersey off me. Or, you know, he, he's just got this confidence about yeah. him that is great to see in a mean jersey. Exactly. He's playing with a confidence and a swagger that suits him and that says, like, pick me, like, I'm, I'm flying. You know, that kind of way. It'd be wrong not to. And that's exactly what Andy did. And you have to remember, for the two impact performances he had, that's all they were. He was only substituting the two league games. So... Probably a little bit of a decision for Andy to make, but he made the right one in the end by picking Jordy and like he was superb, Mickey, from right from the first minute nearly to the last. What did he score against Dublin? Two points. Two points, and then he scored nine seven. points against uh seven against Monaghan. Was it seven against yeah. Monaghan? Yeah, nine in two games, yeah. and then he goes and scores three, four. Yeah. Uh, like and, and, and yeah. absolutely, and like the, the couple of points that the first point he got was very similar to the point he actually scored against Monaghan to draw the game, you know, yeah. very similar over the shoulder, um, difficult enough chance. But even the goals, like the first one was a mistake, easy finish. But the two penalties, what well, and we spoke about this in the Loyal Royals, he demanded the ball. He wanted to take the penalties. You know, he says, I'm taking them, that's it. And he put them away with supreme confidence on that. And absolutely brilliant, 3-4 from him. But he was only... He was only one of a number of players. I think there were six debutants on the day, three from the start, three came off the bench. And they contributed, I think, uh, did they contribute four, five or four, six or something, something like that? Something like that, Paul yeah. Hickey got a goal um, as well. And sorry, Matt Costner got a goal. So that's five goals from the debutants. Three of them scored goals. <laughs> um, like fairy tale stuff for them, fairy tale stuff for me as well. And you'd own Harkin as well thrown in there who got a championship debutant or championship debut as well. Um, as did Jason Scully off the bench, and they definitely had good contributions as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, when, when you look at the performance overall, um, but, uh, well, sorry, just bringing it back there to um, Jordan Morris. So one of the things I liked was, you know, at one stage, he thought he had scored a point and he, he gave the old fist pump and the whole hurrah and the whole lot. But one of the players, it went wide 
and one of the players went, no, do you know what? We don't do that. We don't. That's not. That's not a mead thing. Um, you know, you you gotta you gotta yeah. show a bit of humbleness here and a bit of humility. Um, and uh, you know that was nice that he was because like obviously he's mad keen to impress, but you know, impressing is one thing, but you know, showing a bit of humility is another thing. And and and, and that's what I love about this mead team is that. They are so humble. Yeah. And they are just going out to do a job and they're trying to get the job done and they're not looking for stardom and whatever. And, you know, stardom will come. Mm. Once you've got the, the humility, your stardom will come. I, I watched something on Twitter, but just by chance, it was Liverpool fans as usual putting stuff up. But uh-huh. it was, it was uh-huh. Jordan Henderson and yeah. his communication. I don't know, did you see Soft, that video? Yeah. Absolutely unreal. Like, And it's the fact that there's no fans in the stadium. But just sitting there today in the stand, and you can obviously hear everything happening, and exactly the same. And it was your Brian Mentons, Kyogen, Shane McEntee's constantly saying, Well done, Jordy, well done, Hickey, well done, Harkin. Even if they didn't get the score, like Banty Connolly got a score towards the end, and uh, Owen Harkin did Trojan work for it. And it was Mento shouting at him, You know, well done. Like constantly, like it was just great to hear, and it's all um, constructive criticism, if there is such a thing. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's no. Oh, you're a bollocks. Why did you take on that shot for that one? Look outside, you know, take on the extra pass, you know, this kind of thing. It's all good stuff. It's really positive. And you have to say they're a camp that are extremely united and together. And it's it's absolutely great to see. Yeah, and meet up face off now against Kildare next weekend, Davey, um, in the Leinster semi-final. Mm-hmm. It's Sunday. It's 1pm. It's in headquarters. It's in Croke Park. And, uh, you know, that's that's going to be a bigger test. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, absolutely, Mickey. I think we have to, at the end of the day, it's Division 1 versus Division 4, and now we can look back and say that was proven to be the case. Uh, however, Kildare... But it was a potential banana slip. Oh, absolutely. You know, it was no, huge, but you know, no, and, and no more so than Kildare playing awfully. Um, and that probably proved to be more of a banana skin than us and Wicklow. But at the end of the day, we're going to be a Division 2 side next year. Kildare are top half Division 2 side, I think, at least. Yeah. So we're... Fairly much on par, and I think it's going to be a huge challenge for us. It's going to be a huge challenge for them. There's a decent rivalry, which is there from 20, 30 years ago, Mickey, you know, and it, it's still there. Um, so I think we'll approach it with, with cautiousness. We'll, we'll approach them and give them the respect they deserve. They'll do likewise. But at the end of the day, we got the win over them last time around. I know they have a bit of a hoodoo on us in championship football, but... I would always look back to the last game and the way we stung them at the death through that Barry Dardis penalty. Yeah. We controlled nice the, the game and it looked as if it was going to get away from us at the end. But as you say, it's knife in the heart. That's an incentive for them, but that's a reason for us to be optimistic um, and positive. confident and positive going into next weekend. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be absolutely brilliant. As we said, it's Crow Park. It's next Sunday. It's 1pm. Um, unfortunately, there will be no supporters there, but uh, you'll be able to follow it. On Twitter, follow it on the radio, follow it on any social media outlet that you want. It'll probably be live on TV as well. And uh, we do look forward to it. Mead versus Kildare, Leinster semi-final. At this stage, we're going to take a quick commercial break. But join us in part two. And we'll have the results from the third leg of the golf darts here in the Risp Inn in Corten. <laughs> So uh, welcome back, listeners, to our uh, We Are Mead podcast, and uh, it's Mickey Brennan here, or is it Mickey Rispin and Davey Brennan, and uh, just to let you know that um, 
We have finished our darts competition and Davy Risman is in fact the winner. Um, uh, I think I handed it to you. I'm fairness, he threw some good darts. No, you hit a little number. I'd actually call a spade a spade. You played well enough, um, but you didn't hit a 20 on, 21 under. Uh-huh. It, it, that's, that's the reason I actually played as well as he did. You were like, yeah. you, in I the middle it? of it, you were like... Yes, can I just were, confirm that we are <laughs> the ultimate darts athletes because the drunker we got, the better we threw darts. <laughs> it's, it's an awful pity that it doesn't work like that in football, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. But no. If it worked like that, Corton would be senior champions. <laughs> <laughs> you said that, not me, thankfully. <laughs> yeah, you were taking it. You were taking it. Everyone um, was taking it. <laughs> <laughs> but in fairness, look, we had, we, look, we had, a, we had a good old darts game there. And I look, Davey, I have to say, I didn't... I, for anybody out there who knows how to play um, golf darts, I actually didn't have a bogey at all. Just Davy got lucky. Uh, he was cross-eyed throwing darts. And he hit trebles to beat the fucking man. But uh, <laughs> unfortunately, I, 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 was, I, I just wasn't able to keep up with him. And uh, Well done, Davy Erisman, then the, the golf darts champion of 2020. The world Darts, yeah. <laughs> golf darts champion of twenty twenty, and uh, that's something. That's an accolade that not too many people hold. No, absolutely not, Mickey. And uh, you know, I had my uh, two inspirations: uh, the flying Scotsman Gary Anderson and uh, the bronze that Donna Steve beaten. And uh, it's what mentioned. Yeah, is that not Davy Wright? <laughs> that is Davy Wright, actually. <laughs> yeah, that's where I get my inspiration. He was here a few weeks ago and he was getting a picture alongside him. But uh, no, no, we actually had a message in on Instagram as well. Uh, the picture that we, I'm sorry, on Twitter, wasn't it? The picture that we got taken and somebody yeah. spotted the bronze Adonis in the background and it says, that's the bronze Adonis sauna. Because, of course, it is a wooden cabin, which actually resembles a bit of a sauna. So... Um, it is Steve Beaton's uh, sauna, and we won't go into too much more specifics <laughs> on that. <laughs> no, we won't. And uh, Davey Rispin, and I suppose we'll move on with this GA podcast, um, although darts have taken it over for tonight. Um, Davey, I'm after my, my, my phone's after time, so I'm after go, going to have to go to you for our next uh, part of the podcast. Just want to announce something. Um, me and Davey here on the We Are Mead podcast, we are going to be supporting all of the active club lottos that are taking place uh, throughout the county at the moment. We know this is a very tough time for all clubs and uh, for, for, for all the GEA alike and, and, and trying to raise money um, is quite hard. But a lot of the clubs are still running their online lottos. And myself and Davey have decided that we're going to um, support them on a monthly basis and and as often as we can um, we're going we're gonna to do as many of the lottos as possible so uh, Davey you have a list of all the online lottos that are still um, active and uh, if you want to run through them and just these are the ones that we're going to su- be supporting from this week on now hopefully we can do it weekly if not we're definitely going to be doing it at least once a month so um, you know that's just our little way of giving a little bit back to all the clubs uh, throughout County Mead. Yeah, absolutely, Mickey. It's, a, it's an initiative that I think has been supported widely by the PROs in, in the group. And uh, I put the message up and I have to say, you know, first class, thanks a million to everybody who replied to us. So I'll just run you through the list of the people that replied to me in the clubs, I suppose. So first off is Minalty, Dennis Dunboyne, Dunham Ashburn, Minalvi, Ballinlock, 
Kildalki, Blackall Gales, Drumcondra, Dunsany, Oldcastle, Dunshockland, Slane, Corton, Screen, Waterstown, Drumbarra, Summerhill, Clonard, Kilmainham, Kildalki. And I think that is possibly it of the active ones. Yeah, of the active ones. And then we do have St. Dalton's as well. And uh, we do think that they are going to be um, active again quite soon. Mm. And as soon as they are, uh, we'll be supporting them as well as, uh, as the ice machine just beeps and tells us that there's more it's ice. Full. The ice machine is full and we are ready to have uh, 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 maybe one or two more uh, beverages here. But like, look, um, as we said, if there's any clubs out there that are running an online lotto um, that is active at the moment, let us know because we are willing and able to um, to support all the clubs in County Mead and and that's just a little thank you to everybody who is supporting us on our Patreon podcast. Um, and if you're not already supporting us on the Patreon podcast, you can get it on Patreon forward slash We Are Mead. And on this week's uh, Patreon podcasts, the Loyal Royals podcast, you will get a review with interviews from Shane McEntee and Andy McEntee uh, after their victory over uh, Wicklow. Um, we also did the Lock Crew regional team. And we also have a fantastic interview uh, an up-close, personal and in-depth interview with David Goff. Absolutely brilliant. Um, uh, Mead's finest referee. And, uh, well, we can't say that because the other referees will be disappointed. I know there's a few that listen into the podcast. But he's uh, Mead's most high-profile um, referee. And uh, David is an absolute gentleman. And uh, it's a fantastic interview. A few good stories in there, Davey, as well. And... Uh, a few from the tennis club as well and the whole <laughs> lot like because you, you did send out the call to all our Instagram followers to ask questions and you got a few in from the tennis club as well yeah there was one I think from Dara Cunningham and I have to say that it that uh, bloody ice machine is <laughs> right <in> my head <laughs> it's, it's going to go off in a second so don't worry Mickey but uh, actually one that came in, sorry two that came in from Dara Cunningham and the first was who was his doubles favourite doubles partner but the second one that came in was actually more applicable to answering the first one and it was a story of what David did. He had a Novak Djokovic moment. And it's one and a story which he spills on the podcast, which you don't want to miss. But I have to say, Mickey, you know, refreshingly honest from a referee, a top inter-county referee, um, to hear, I suppose, his views on the game and everything else. Just really fascinating stuff. Probably of all the interviews I'd done with different people and that, it, it, it was up there as the best, I thought. Yeah. Um, really really good so, yeah, so please don't miss that I've had to listen back to it and, and like uh, I know David a long time yeah. he'd be related well, to me well he mentioned that <laughs> well look he'd be related to me through through family and whatever and, and, and David is absolutely brilliant he's he's a great guy he's he, you know he's he's quite witty as you will hear from the interview and um, he's a top referee as well so uh, head on over to our Loyal Royals podcast on Patreon forward slash we are made and again thank you to everybody who supports that and we are doing our bit by supporting the club lottos that are online and active at the moment. Uh, Davy on the managerial merry-go-round. Um, I didn't have as much trouble with that this week as I did last week. Uh, but on the managerial merry-go-round, there's, there's a few stories coming out. And uh, I suppose the first one that I'd like to speak about is, um, is uh, Martin McGovern, who took charge of uh, Kilmainham last year and brought them, well, for the last two years, brought, brought them to an intermediate semi-final. He's gone from um, Kilmainham, but he has moved, and he's moved to another club in Mead. It's Mead Hill. Yeah, it is. And before we go into Martin McGovern, I'd just like to pay homage and pay tribute to Paddy Martin and the job he's done in Mead Hill. Like, absolutely phenomenal. 
he's he's really taken them, I suppose, from um, taking on from junior champions to, to where he took over from Davy Cal to putting them into probably the contenders bracket in the intermediate championship. And he's done a really, really good job. I know the players speak very highly of him as well. Um, and he's probably taken them as far as he possibly could in that. And, you know, full credit to him for that. And, you know, absolutely fantastic. Um, you know, Martin's got in there. And I think that's a good job for Martin, to be honest with you, Mick. I think he's um, he's probably best when he's working with young players. And that. You all right, yeah? <laughs> Sorry, just a little bit. All right. Um, he's probably best when he's working with young players and uh, I think that's illustrated with the job he done with Kilmaine and Mead he'll have a number of players who have probably played Mead minor Mead under 20 level so there's probably a core group of 7 or 8 of them where he can go in and probably do a job and hopefully take them to the next level of the intermediate championship so best of luck to Martin in that one delighted to see he's staying in Mead because Mickey I was so impressed with him this year when he managed with Kilmaine gentleman to talk to off the field but a really good tactician um, an operator on it and it's great to see that we're retaining his services in the county of Mead yeah absolutely like and and like it's no secret I, I've I'm a Mead man born and raised in Simonson sometimes I have to kind of let people know that but I obviously did play for Cavan and when I was playing for Cavan um, Mark McGovern was part of the manage, management team when I was there and uh, honestly an absolute gentleman uh, Martin McGovern is and he's a fantastic fantastic coach and uh, he's done absolutely Trojan work in there in Kilmainham. I think it's Kilmainham's loss. And as you said, it's absolutely brilliant that he hasn't left the county of Mead and gone back to his native county of Cavan. He's a killing care man originally, but he is still in the county of Mead. And he has gone to a team that have a load of potential in Mead Hill. And uh, I think it's a really, really good appointment by Mead Hill. And I think that if, if they buy into... Um, the 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 ethos that um, uh, Martin McGovern has, you know, I think that Mead Hill next year could be a real force to be reckoned with. Absolutely, Mickey. Yeah, I don't see any reason why he can't push on with them now. They've they've achieved the quarter final last year. They were probably you could say they achieved the same this year. They got to the last round of the group with the view to probably making it into a semi final. So the, that's why I'm saying that Paddy Martin has probably taken them as far as he probably in his own mind thinks he could have done. So he's paving the way for somebody else to come in and that Martin could well be that man. Um, aside from that, there's a couple of bits that we need to talk about and one of those which I believe is, uh, what's the word we used to use in the podcast, Mickey? Uh, not sure, but... It's, uh, <laughs> yeah. oh God, we used to have this saying, uh, Kieran Flynn came out with it one time, it's... Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, but we, we, anybody who listens to the podcast, think, right? Think, and I'll, you, 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 yeah. you, you go on ahead with it and I'll come back it to it. It seems as if Kevin Riley is going to be linking up with Trim, which is um, which is a, a significant, I suppose, move um, by him. And also, their neighbours, Dundry, have uh, acquired the services of Kevin Barry as well from Castleton. So, two significant developments there in the Trim and Dundry club. I mean, Kevin Riley hasn't. He's taken a year out, hasn't he, Mickey? He's actually gone back playing this year with Avon Manny's after managing them last year. So if he was to go in with Trim, that would be a statement of intent from the Trim Club as they make to, as they look to make amends for their last two defeats in championship finals. Yeah, and, and, and not only is it a huge appointment, but it is a huge loss to Navin Matneys at the moment as well, who who you know, who have 
flattered to deceive in the last couple of years. They've been dependent on an awful lot of the older brigade mm. and the likes of your Kevin Rideys and uh, and such. But um, uh, a huge appointment as well for Trim and uh, uh, you know it's 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 going to be one well worth following and and, and seeing what happens there and uh, yeah um that's 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 a really interesting one. Davey, just going back to it, is there any other um managerial appointments that you've heard of? We we haven't heard of anything else concrete uh, to that extent. So the, they're the tree that I suppose we built on from last week. So let's keep us going for something hopefully uh, next week. But as you can see, like there's still a couple of nice jobs like your own Simonstown Gales is up for grabs. Central Town has recently um announced the departure of Joe Cowley, so they're looking for a manager too. That could be an interesting uh, development there who goes in with Town to take them over for 20 good young team there as well yeah absolutely Mickey you know what I think there's probably a bit of an opportunity to come in because they have been at a low ebb in relegation trouble last year you know down fighting at the bottom of it this year obviously avoided on the last day but Town with the young team they have the likes of Kyle Hickey who's obviously playing on the mid team now a couple of younger players like that they need to be pushing on and getting out of the group instead of ending up them in relegation trouble so there's, there's just a number of clubs, but hopefully we will hear a little bit more in the coming weeks. And Austin Dalton's our noisy neighbours down the road are, are looking for a manager as well. So we may have uh, developments on that next week. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll bring it all to you in our We Are Meat podcast in, uh, in the next couple of weeks. And of course, over the next number of months, because a lot of clubs will be changing and chopping and the whole lot with the managers in their clubs. Uh, Davey, moving on now, we're going to go to Instagram Interactive and... Uh, I'd say it was quiet this week after that win over with them. <laughs> yeah, uh, like I'm literally like this is ridiculous. Just let you know, he's uh, the, the the this podcast has been thirty six and a half minutes long so far. It's probably going to be another forty or fifty if hours not, hours long after this. <laughs> First one is from Josh Baldy, and he says Jordan Morris for the Ballon d'Or. Ah, look, absolutely. Um, although, can you win a Ballon d'Or on penalties? Um, I think I want to see more goals from play from Jordan Morris. Messi's won. I won't say he's won it on Ballon d'Or or on penalties, but he's he's definitely healthy tally of penalties in his Ballon d'Or win so far, Mickey. Yeah, but look, and Ronaldo, and Ronaldo as well. Yeah, they, of course they scored. They do score penalties. But they score them from play as well. Jordy got one from play. He got two from penalties. And it was off the ground as well. And it was off the ground as well. Three of his goals were off the ground. Give it to him. Uh, If he scores a free kick now, between now and the end of the championship for me, um, uh, then definitely he's on for the ball. Michael Mahan uh, type finish. And next one is from Leo Weldon. And he says, does Ronan Jones ever stop running immense again? And he was, like, we talked about man of the match on the... Like earlier on, Mickey, or on the sorry, on our Loyal Royals podcast, and like he didn't get the three four, or he didn't, you know, kick whatever, but he was absolutely sensational. And he was going as strong in the in the last minute as he was in the first minute, he was absolutely brilliant. Brian Menton scored one two, but to me, Roland Jones was absolutely sensational yet again. Brilliant performance, yeah. You gave uh, man the match to Shane McEntee earlier on in our uh, um. Patreon podcast, but like as you said, there was a lot of players who played really, really well. Roland Jones, the the, the one thing about Roland Jones is like he will work for seventy minutes. Yeah, from 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 the first minute to the seventy minute, he doesn't stop. Now I'm not taking away from Brian Menton either. I'm not taking away from Shane McIntyre or Jordan Morris either. But you know, you, you have to remember as well that like Jordan Morris 
is not going to get those chances to score goals if the midfield is not doing their job. And, you know, like, the, Roland Jones is just one of those guys who, like, today, right, he may, he may not have gotten the score sheet, but he would have been involved in an awful lot of the yeah, scores yeah, that yeah. we got. Absolutely. Next one is from Darry Hutchinson, a man in which Jordan Morris put many the goal past him in training, but he wants to know about Jordan Morris's haircut. And this is going to be a common trend, Mickey, throughout the podcast or throughout the Instagram interactive, the amount of fades on show in the Mead team. So, um, interesting cut from Jordan Morris, but I'm sure it was his mother that did it for him. Yeah, absolutely. And, 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 and judging by a few of the haircuts in that game today, I'd say... There was a lot of mammy haircuts going on there now because like they did, they may have had championship haircuts, but like they weren't the best of haircuts, those are the words. So the lads will have to work on that and uh, hopefully by the time they get to an all Ireland semi final that uh, that that the, the that the hairdressers will be back in play because those hairdress those haircuts today weren't the best, Davy. After beating Leash in the Leinster final, of course that is. Of course, absolutely, yeah. And um, next one is from the one and only the iconic uh, the legend that is P.S. Tapes making. We're not saving that till the end. No, it's not that good. <laughs> <laughs> we normally would, but it's not. It's not oh, best. Yeah, it's not the best. He says, "Brutal service from GA Go. Could you two not get the commentary gig? Probably on this form. No. <laughs> on this form, I, I I'd say yeah. Yeah, well, you would. Do you know what I mean? It? Like at least at, at least we know where the players were from." Um and we'd know the names of the players as well and stuff like that. Like, but uh, look, yeah, I've heard a few. I've heard a few comments about that today. That the uh, G um go or now or whatever it is that the that the commentary wasn't great. But look, sure, we're available. We're, we're available. Willing and available. We're, ready, we're ready, willing, and available. You're right, Davy. We're here. We're ready. We're we're we are meat. We are meat. Owen, she has not known that. Owen Dalton is next up and he says no 45 taker. Yeah, look, um when I suppose when you look at it, uh Thomas O'Reilly had a bad day from Freeze and whatever, and then you've got a, a number of players taking them. And then Andrew Colgan, who we thought was going to be in goals, wasn't in goals, and he's well able to take a 45. So you probably were missing a 45 taker and as the championship progresses, you're, we are going to have to iron out these little prom, uh, problems. And especially when we go in against Kildare, any opportunity you get from a free or you get from a set play is going to have to be taken or you're going to have to take the majority of them. Like our percentage uh, uh, of scores to shots today is poor from frees and from play. Um, although we, we still scored 7-14. Um, you know, it, it, you just hope that as we go along that 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 that, that percentage increases mm, for sure Paul Munley thankfully it's not an Aston Villa and Arsenal question because I don't really want to go what there. was the score in Arsenal uh, I can't actually. remember Mickey um, uh, I was watching yesterday um, so <laughs> he's asked Toner bagging a hat-trick according to the commentary yeah that's insane like you know the commentary was very poor it was said that uh, 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 Toner had scored a hat-trick from, from corner back so um, Could well take the office. Yeah. yeah, well, absolutely. Take credit where it's due. Yeah, damn right, he'd be running around telling people he scored a hat trick and he's he's uh, quite entitled to. Absolutely, Mickey. The Maisie, next... come here. Sorry, that, sorry. Just that's that's Davy's dog, Maisie, who's a a, a a beautiful, 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 beautiful dog here, just sitting underneath the table, and she's she's 
She's just sniffing at me knee at the moment. She's really not. She's unconscious on the ground, Mickey. <laughs> but yeah, whatever you think. Uh, Cormac McCarthy is next up. And he says, Jordan Morris looks to be one of the best corner forwards we've had in years. Yeah, well, like, uh, we spoke about this as well on um, uh, on our Patreon podcast. And the one thing I love about Jordan Morris is his confidence. Now, uh, we also mentioned how... Uh, at one stage, he went for a score and he thought it was going over the bar and he pumped the air and he gave a load of... Uh, he gave it the, yeah, come on, or whatever, and, and didn't go over. But he mm. was brought back down to earth quite quickly and he was told, you know, that's not what we do. I want to see him scoring points. I want to see him scoring goals. I want to see him being the best he can be. He's got great confidence. He stood up. And he says, give me the ball for the penalties. And he stuck both of the penalties away. You know, like that's absolutely brilliant. We've been missing a player like that in Mead for a long time. But you don't want to get above yourself at the same time. You know, you you got you to gotta be humble. you got to show humility. And one of the things that, uh, that uh, Sean Boylan had in his teams in abundance was humility. Um, and, you know, if, if Jordan Morris can be that player, that corner forward that we've been missing for a while and show humility and be humble, he will be unbelievable for me. Absolutely, Mickey. I think he has all the hallmarks, I suppose. Yeah, he, he ticks a lot of the boxes and, um, you know, he he's clearly playing with confidence at the minute that's probably, I don't know, unsurpassable. Like, the fact that he's come in and made it's the impression that he has, exactly. Yeah. Um, unbelievable. Fair play to him. So the next one is from Peter Duffy, the man himself, and he just says me for Sam. Well, look, uh, in fairness, like Peter Duffy doesn't make silly comments ever. Um, so who, who am I to disagree with Peter Duffy at this stage? His father might have a word with him now after that kind of comment, but like, you know, who am I to, you know, reprimand him? <laughs> Absolutely. JP Purcell is next, and he said Jason Scully should start ahead of Costello. Uh, look, you could make a case for that but you could also make a case for the fact that Costello didn't put a foot wrong yeah you know what I mean like and, and then there's also um, the fact that Davy Rispin has taken selfies at the moment no but there's also the fact that you know I, I, I said this last week we tried to pick the team um, that would start today we got it wrong we tried to pick the team that would start against Monaghan. We got it wrong. We also tried to pick the team that would start um, uh, against Dublin, and we got it wrong. So I think what's happening in the Mead camp at the moment is that Andy McEntee is picking players on form at training. And, you know, maybe it's a fact that Costello was just outperforming Scully this week in training and looked to be on form, so they played him. So... I'm not going to argue with that. Everything Andy McTeen is doing at the moment seems to be, you know, working towards making progress as uh, as the year goes along. Uh, what, what do you think, Davey? Like, I, I just... Yeah, absolutely. No, but like, would, like, do you think that Scully st- should have started? Like, he, like he probably had a case for it, Mickey, because he started the two uh, championship, or sorry, the two league games against Monaghan and Dublin. Like, in our heart of hearts, we wouldn't have said that Matt Costello no, would didn't, start. didn't. But as Andy says, and we'll hear from in a, in his Loyal Royals podcast interview, 
Costello started. Not only did he start, but he started at wing half back, which is not a position that we dissociate with him. And he actually did ever so well in it. Scored a goal as well. So um, you can't question that. And like it was a little bit left to feel, but that's exactly what Andy does. Normally he does it when he names a team and then he does it before the start. But this week he actually named it, you know, stuck with his team or whatever. Costello performed in that position and he's going to be hard shifted. Yeah, Andy was fucking with our heads this week, so there's no doubt about it. But like, you know, uh, love him. Love, I love what's happening with Andy and, and, and the main team at the moment. And long may it continue. Next question. Robert Cox from Extra Time Sports says, Leinster semi-final versus Kildare should be a cracker. And I know Robert has connections to the Kildare yeah. County and everything, so I suppose he's especially looking forward to it. But yeah, look at it, should. It's the pick... Of probably the games. I know there's a Connacht final next weekend, Mayo and Gala. That's a savage game, but it probably is up there, Mickey, with the best games in the county next weekend, I would say. Well, in the country. Um, in the country. Well, definitely in the county. Well, yeah, definitely in the county. It's probably it's probably the only game in the county. Well, actually, no. Um, the Mead Hurlers and the Mead Camogues will be out next weekend, and the Mead Lady Footballers won't be out, but uh, the Mead men are obviously uh, against Kildare. Now, Look, um, you know, you'll have Cork and Tipperary. That's going to be a novel uh, monster final. You're going to have, um, in Connacht, you're going to have, obviously, Galway and Mayo. That's going to be class. And in Ulster, you're at semi-final stage. So, like, Donegal, Armagh, that's going to be a fun one. And so is Cavan and Down, because I suppose the two better teams are on one side, which is Armagh and uh, Donegal. And then you've got Cavan and Down, which is a... Like that, that's, two four sides, yeah. Well, well, look, they're 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 probably not two of the better sides in in Ulster, but like, you know, Cavan have a chance of making them an Ulster final for two years in a row, which is which is monumental. But Mead have also got a chance of making two Leinster finals in a row, um, coming from where Mead have been, the position that Mead have been in for the last couple of years. So, Mead and Kildare is going to be a 50-50 game, and. Um, Mead have the hoodoo on um, Kildare because obviously they beat them last year in the league um, with that Barry Darris penalty. And I just think that, um, yeah, it, it could be the best game of them all next weekend. It could be an absolute cracker in Crow Park. Yeah, absolutely. Tom O'Connor is next and he's finally seen the goals we've maybe just been lacking throughout the league. Yeah, look, we, we've talked about this. Me and you have talked about this. We've talked about the, the, the goal chances that Mead have coughed up during the league. They've, they've gone through and go... In, if you look at the games that Mead lost in the league, well, which is six of them, <laughs> but like in, in five of those league games, Mead had two or three goal chances and didn't take any. Um, and then you look at, you know, uh, this week, we took all seven goal chances that we had. Uh, it's... Mead's year could have been determined on goal chances um, mm. in the league. And their championship could be determined on goal chances. So if we can take all our goal chances in the championship, which would you prefer? Take all your goal chances in the league or take all your goal chances in the championship? What would you think, David? It's a rhetorical question. <laughs> Next up is from Robert Purfield. And I actually couldn't agree any more with this. Um, he says, Killian O'Sullivan and Matt Coslos with serious work rate and tackling today. In particular, Mickey, Killian O'Sullivan. Like, 
He was constantly back in the half-back line, putting out fires. He was sensational. Absolutely fantastic. Matt Costa was obviously playing as a defender, so to speak. But Killian in particular, we're so used to seeing him going the other side. Yeah. Attacking defences, I thought today he was superb. Absolutely brilliant. Well, that could be something interesting going forward because I do think Killian, Sol- Killian O'Sullivan being an attacking threat. But we have that many options in the attacking threat at the moment that Killian O'Sullivan could spend more time in the half-back line, you know, putting out fires, mm. taking ball off players and tackling and then setting up attacks instead of being the player, joining the attack and being the attacker. Something maybe that, like, you know, as the year progresses, might fo- we might see unfold. Sure. Um, Katie Allwell is next, and she says, Great boost for Mead, but need to be careful for Kildare or whoever they're playing. So yeah, Kildare, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, we, 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 we talked about that already. You know, Kildare, Kildare are a different animal to Wicklow, Davey. Joe McQueenie's next and he says who is going to kick the 45s the next day we've had a lot of different takers today we talked about that already Davey what do you think Jordy Morris Jordy Morris do, 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 do you think Jordy Morris will take 45s yeah I've seen okay. him taking them for an hour yeah no problem so you think that he's going to take over on his side yeah obviously if it's on the other side I don't know if it's Thomas O'Reilly or Shane Walsh or whatever but I definitely think he is in his how, many, how many 45s are you going to get in one game that's true. You can often get a glut of them. I think we had, like, what do we have today? We had five or six of them, do you know? So we might get one the next day, but you just never know. Every game is different. It's a bit like the freeze, mate. The most you're going to get, really, in any game is maybe three or four. We've got five but, today. Like. But you, okay, five, but like, you still have to be hitting the majority of them. Sure, yeah. You know, you, you have, have to be, be killing them. Anyway. You, have, yeah. you have to be killing them. You yeah. have to, like, if you get five, you got to hit three. If you get yeah. four, you got to hit three as well. You can't have, it has to be more than 50% of your 45s you score. Yeah. Um, next up is from Carl Gibney, and he says, Alan Moore begging Jason Scully to sign his jersey. Two Normead men there. Talk me, talk me through it, Davey. Yeah, like, Alan Moore is a fantastic uh I suppose talent and inspiration in the North Mead area and it really should be the other way around. I thought that Jason Scully should be asking Alan Moore to sign his jersey, but obviously it's flip-flop now with Scully obviously playing on the Mead team. So um interesting developments there in North Mead. One is from Oldcastle, one is from St. Bridget. So maybe there's a little bit of politics going on there. Yeah, well, there maybe. might there might be a little bit of niggling going on there. But like uh, at this stage I think that the both of them should be out signing jerseys. And I think that'll be the right thing. Declan Dunn is next and he said subs bench strength and depth brilliant we've spoken about this Davey we've yeah. spoken about this uh, over the last number of weeks we've been saying and, and that's the whole thing we've been trying to pick a team uh, to start any game and we can't and the reason why we can't pick the team is because strength and depth our subs bench again once again today added so much to uh, to the team the last number of weeks all the time, every time, every week that we we use, um, uh, that we play, our subs bench are coming in and adding to not only to the team but to to the score and tally, and that's huge. Yeah, for sure, Mick. Next one is up from the one and only Simon Finn, and Simon wants to know why was the ref playing injury time. He must have enjoyed that game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he could, he could have, he could have just um, uh, at seventy minutes just like blown the whistle and and said, "Look, that's enough punishment for Wicklow and whatever." But uh, look, 
referee is being uh, he's been adjudicated by a referee's uh, adjudicator basically. Uh, there's always a, a man in the stand who has to to go through the, the referee's performance. And in every championship, in every league game, there's somebody in the stand who's who's watching over and checking to make sure that the referee has done absolutely everything right. So I presume that's the only reason, Davy. Like, is, can you think of any other reason? Why the- it was like such a depression when it like was announced that there's four minutes injury time on the oak. But the referee has a job to do. Oh, like, you know, I get at that. The, at the end of the day, that's my whole point. Is that yeah. you know there is somebody up there yeah. adjudicating him, and there's a no, guy no, up, no, I do. Uh, like I've I've been there. There's 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 a man in the stand with a checklist, and like I I, I know a few of these people who. Uh, who, 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 look, uh, who are on the referee no I do yeah but, he, but even your man with the checklist was like for fuck's sake I hope it's only a minute but the referee's adjudicator is there and he's like going I've got a list of things here and he's he's like going did, did he make that call no, but, right like, what I'm these trying to say right? to you Mickey is he probably Dr. Max for adding four minutes <laughs> Yeah, he's, he's probably looking at the water breaks and he's looking I at know, the I know, I know, I know, I know. He was like, oh, I want to get home. Sorry. Alan Moore says, why did Wicklow play the under-14s team? Oh. <laughs> why? <laughs> Come on. Uh, like, well, uh, apparently there was an outbreak of COVID on the senior team. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't say that. I can't say that. I can't say that. Okay. Davy is gonna cut that, cut that from the podcast. No. <laughs> Davy, take a drink. <laughs> Davy takes a drink. Next one is from uh, Andy Smith, and Andy says some great debutants. He says massive performance overall, subs great impact, rootless. hundred percent rootless. You know, and like well we also have this concern that like we're like going Okay, we didn't get a test and we're going to play against Kildare. We're like going, bloody hell, love the rootlessness. Love the feckin' rootlessness. They went out, Wicker weren't up to, sh- up to it and we absolutely tore them to the feckin' shreds. And, you know, you're looking at it and you're going like, yeah, we, we put them to the sword and the whole lot, like we tore them to shreds. And then you kind of look back afterwards, which we did, myself and David, you kind of, like when David was on the way home, we were both really celebrating the game and then we were like going, oh, but we didn't get a test before we went to Kildare. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and, we're and never like, happy, oh, sorry. We're never happy. No, no, no. No. But like, we can look at it next week and we can say, like, did that game, you know, like, the fact that we we, we tore uh, Wicklow to shreds, is it a case that, yes. um, is it a case that, uh, uh, you know, we didn't get tested uh, before we played Kildare? Um, we can always use that depending on the result next week against Kildare. Sure. Um, next one is from Molly Fitzgerald, and she wants to know how many of the starting 15 are single in brackets asking for a friend. And Molly, I actually don't think any of them are single. Yeah. Um, well, um, I, oh, the starting 15? Yeah. Oh, n- not the subs? No. Oh, damn. Sorry, Molly. Um, I know a few of the subs are, are, are definitely single. Um, <laughs> on the certain 15 we're not too sure um, but we can do a little bit of research on that for you and yeah, Mickey's going to do the research on that he'll get back to you next week yeah we'll get back to her next week and let her know 
Jamie Flattery says, uh, our forwards finally kicking into gear. Yeah, look, we, uh, again, this is something that's, we've, we've been talking about this all year, you know, we're like, um, can't wait till the, till the, the forwards, you know, click and it all starts going right. We talked about the missed goal chances, we've talked about the missed chances and whatever, and we've talked about the missed opportunities. But this was an opportunity for the Mead team to go out today. After playing like Super 8, then Division 1 football, and coming back in uh, to play Leinster Senior Championship, nothing was going to be easy during the Super 8s, having not been at the top table for so long. Nothing was going to be easy in Division 1. We didn't take our chances. We didn't take our goal chances, especially in Division 1 when we were playing the league. But we got a chance to go out against... Uh, a team that was more inferior to us than we've played in a long time. And this should be a chance for the players to build confidence and go, God, that's how easy it is to stick a ball in the net. And, you know, I, I, that's where I, I, I just say, yeah, it all clicked today. And the reason for that, playing Division One football, playing in the Super 8s, is the reason why it all clicked for me today. Susan Farrell says, get Davey to give the GA Go commentator some tips. He was woeful. Oh right, Davey, uh, give him the tips there. Well, get a get a Captain Morgan and a Malibu and make him to him. He'll be, he'll be absolutely grand. But uh, I know, look, it's, I, I didn't hear it, so I can't possibly comment on it. Um, Don't be a bloody pussy. <laughs> You've got like seven. I'm, I'm just trying to keep us open so that we can actually do a podcast next week. We can do a podcast anytime we like, Davy. Don't worry about that. Um, don't worry, Susan. I am here, as we said already. We are here and we are available for people if they do come call it. Tom O'Connor is next up, and he says, <laughs> "No, no, 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 no. We can't have that. No way." What do you want me to say? I want you to big up you and. Do you want me to big up you? No. Davy Rispin is available for, for doing commentaries anywhere in the country. This man is unbelievable. His wealth of knowledge when it comes to GA, not only in Mead, not only in Mead club football, but in Mead uh, senior football, and then in the country like as a whole. Da- no, no, Davy, 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 give me your hope. Give me a hug. No, it's socially distant. Like, give me a hug. It's socially distant. Now we have to actually move on. Davey is unbelievable. I have said it to him for a long time. This man needs to be, needs to be on the national airways. But, but I want. I, I am so I, delighted. I, I am so delighted that he has stuck with me on the Mead podcast. <laughs> Next one is from Tom O'Connor, another man who stuck with us on the Mead podcast from the start. Ah, I love, love, love Tom. <laughs> and he says, "What barbers are the Mead lads going to?" Hashtag championship court. Yeah, well, I'm sitting here in the Risp in in uh, Courthead and Davy Rispin is sporting uh, a championship haircut as well. I think it's in solidarity <laughs> with the Mead senior team. Um, and, and, and it looks like he may have gone to the same barber as uh, as the rest of the lads, Davy. That, that, that barber will remain anonymous. <laughs> yeah. That's one thing I will not be spilling tonight. Uh, Niall Flynn is next and Niall wants to know Arkin took, took the long road to make a senior championship debut didn't play county minors any others 
Just going back to the first point of that question, and it's funny because Joe McWheeney got in touch with us and he says he played Mead under 21, and I believe he was part of the Mead minor panel, but he actually was dropped off the panel, which is remarkable when you think about it, Mickey. So he didn't end up playing championship with the Mead minors, but here he is three or four years later, you know, making a senior debut. It's a meteoric rise for him, you know. Yeah, well, well no, I... I I might have a little bit of a qualm with this because, you know, it's something that happens in Mead. Um, Harkin is class. He's an unbelievable footballer. Um, but uh, let's not get into the politics of Mead football, like, or whatever. But, like, you know, he, he, he has... The one thing that I love is that he's been recognised for his... Um, the way he has come into... to, to, to he's uh, adult team and being an outstanding performer right and he is from that he's been given a chance to play for me there's look this, this is something that has happened down uh, down through the years in me and what is brilliant to see is that all of a sudden Mead football is not all about who you are who you are where you're from what you've done in the past it's all about what you do in the here and now. Mm. And I am delighted for Harkin because, you know, he his performances over the last two years have deserved his call-up into the Mead Championship, into the Mead team. And there's a lot of players that, have, that that has happened to down through the years. And you might find that there might be a little bit of bitterness uh, from me here at the moment. But, like, you know, it's, it's happened... Like, Oshin Kieran is playing for Calvin at the moment. Couldn't make it onto the, the Mead Junior team a couple of years ago. And has been playing for, for Calvin for the last number of years. And uh, played Division 1 football before Mead had got back up to Division 1. It's just something that happens in Mead. But thankfully, over the last maybe five years, that, that kind of, uh, what would we say, that, that kind of tradition is gone. People are being recognised, be it from a junior, be it from an intermediate, or be it from a senior team. And players are being recognised, and it's great to see that players that are playing well for their clubs are getting a chance with me. Yeah. Joe McQueenie, 5'7 from the four lads who were under 20 this year. Yeah, unbelievable. We talked about this off air, myself and yourself. That's class. Yeah, like, I'm just trying to piece it together. 3-4 from Morris, a goal from Hickey. Um, try Matt Coslow a goal. Matt Coslow. That's five four, isn't it? Yeah. Where is he getting the extra three points from? <laughs> I uh, I don't I don't have my notes in front of me as you do, but um, you know, either sorry, way. Sorry, sorry, Shane Walsh, three Shane points. Shane Walsh, yeah, three points. Yeah, I know he didn't play for them, but he was an under twenty this year, so five seven, yeah, absolutely extraordinary. It's incredible, but like we we've been saying this on the podcast myself and yourself for the last two years can't wait to see the young players that are coming through getting their chance on the Mead senior team you know we've been saying it for ages because like there's so many prospects out there that are going to add to this Mead team you know not take away from it but add to it and they're adding to it at the moment it's just class to see 
Evie Carlin says, who was man of the match? It has to be Jordy Morris well, or, or D- Toner. Well, Davey Rissman, you gave it to Shane McAtee. No, I, d- I didn't give it to Shane McAtee. You said I gave it to Shane McAtee. I said Shane McAtee was outstanding. You said he was outstanding. But I didn't say he was man of the match. Well, off air, you said No, I didn't say he was man of the match off air. Let's call a spade a spade. He was very, very good, but I didn't call him man of the match. I well, would look, say... By virtue of scoring three four, Jordy would probably get it. Jordy, Jordy would probably get it. Um, there was great performances all all across the board. Um, yeah, and Shane McIntyre was one of the, mm. the top performers on the day. But like, and and so was Roland Jones. Brian Mendelman won two. Yeah. You know, it it like while. while I thought, I, sorry, I thought Conor McGill was brilliant as well. Like Shawnee Furlong is often. Yeah. Kind of portrayed as the sole soldier for for Wicklow in an attacking sense, and I thought McGill's job on him today was superb as well. It's just worth mentioning because I know we haven't previously, and I don't don't think anyone has ever. But that's just a typical Conor McGill performance, nullifying the the real threat for the opposition. Yeah, t- like I suppose in in, in scoring the seven fourteen to seven points, it's hard to talk about your defense. But that's exactly where you should talk about yeah, the defense. Yeah. When when they when they concede only seven points, and they stop the opposition from scoring, like the opposition had 21, 22 chances of scoring, they only scored seven, which is a thirty three percent ratio, or or conversion rate, and um, whereas Mead had a fifty percent uh, conversion rate. So it just shows you how well the defense performed, and Conor McGill. Excellent again. But like again, it's it's just hard. You could pick out anybody from from goalkeeper right through to full forward line when you score seven fourteen and you only concede seven. Flash Gordon says Colgan should be in goals. Well you you can't say that on today's performance. You could probably say that on previous performances and whatever, but like maybe again it's Andy McIntyre using the squad in a game where he thought, you know, we'll get the victory over Wickham. Um do you when you say that, do you like do you think in your own head that he's thinking about Colgan for Kildare? I do you know what I uh, You don't I, know, nobody no, knows. No, no, I don't know, but but I, I if I was picking the team and uh, Jesus, Marky's a friend of mine, and I know him really well. But I'd still maybe have Andy Colgan in goals against Kildare. Um, much bigger men. I think Kildare. That doesn't even make a difference. Um, but like, do you, you can't like, make it, can't make an argument because it, with the goalkeeper thing, it's it's probably a little bit different outfielder. Outfielders, you, when you have a number one, he's your number one. You don't really chop and change. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like. To me, we chopped a change in the league. Andy Colgan was injured up until the Dublin game. Then Marky Brown started, but Andy Colgan came in for the Monaghan game, which suggested that Colgan would probably get the nod for the championship game. Yeah. But it wasn't to be. So, like, your guess is as good as mine, but it's a very interesting one. Like, as you say, Marky Brown had played well. He didn't have much to do. Like, a couple of kickouts went astray. He made a good save from actually one of the kickouts that went astray. So he sort of redeemed himself. But you couldn't really judge him on today's performance, you know what I mean? So I think there's as good a chance of Mickey McQuillan being in goals um against Kildare as there is um Andy Colgan or Marcus Brennan because there's absolutely no way of of, of trying to guess 
who's going to be in goals or who's going to be on the field of play. Like, if you're if you're picking between Andy Colgan and Marcus Brennan, um, if we if we were sitting down right now to just, to try and pick who's in goals, Davy, who's in goals for for the Kildare? Well, game? the fact that Marky played uh, today, I will say he he is. But prior but, to us, well, 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 last week we, we both predicted that Colgan would play. Are you saying Marky Brennan's going to be in goals the next day? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I can guarantee you, folks out there. Marky Brennan will not be in goals the next day. Sorry, Marky. <laughs> Sorry, Marky. <laughs> uh, next one is from Breen Condon, the man himself, part of the panel in today's game, uh, didn't his action. And he wants to know, uh, was Ethan Devine spotted on a date in Wicklow after the game? Jesus, I, was, I, was, I, I thought his question was going to be, why didn't they get a game today? Um, but... Uh, uh, was he spotted in, on a date in Wicklow today? I didn't see it, to be fair. Now, this is divine, isn't it? Yeah. Um, did, uh, did, 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 did uh, Brian Conlon see him up to something in, in Wicklow today? He said he was spotted. So Did he have a bit of spare time or something to go on a different date? Maybe he was in the same car as him. <laughs> <laughs> and he had to wait in the car. Maybe, maybe, maybe Brian Conlon was on a date with divine today Jesus inspiration. let's move on uh, Jack Blake is next uh, St Bridget's man he says Carl Gibney expecting the call up to the We Are Mead podcast crew yeah well uh, Carl if you can find your way to uh, the risp in in, uh, in 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 deep 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 oh I mean you, you might get your call up uh, but uh, Carl uh, um, you know there's no reason why he couldn't be on the on the podcast with us at some no, stage. No, I he must have got a scent of the drink, to be honest, and he, yeah. <laughs> it's mad to come aboard now. Just be all that. Seamus Fagan is next, and he says, Jordan Morris was the GOAT. Ah, he is the GOAT. He not the, was yeah, the GOAT. He, he is, is the GOAT. He is the goal. And he's going to be the GOAT. Can I just say something here, right right here and right now? He's yeah. going to be the GOAT at the end of this All-Ireland Championship. I told you that. He yeah, the end of story. And uh, next one is from Adam McDonald, and he says, "Ronan Ryan, outrageous pity. Ross got all the looks, though." <laughs> yeah, it is. It's horrible when one twin is better looking than the other. <laughs> uh, next one is from Joe Smith, and he says, "Bring back Wardy for the forty fives. Oh, see, those were the days. Yeah, well, see, the the funny thing is, is that I uh, like I'm a believer in. Right, you look back at you look you look back at um, uh, uh, Sean Boylan's tenure, and he had a free taker. Doesn't matter. He always had a free taker that would kick forty fives, and he kick frees. And you know, any team that wins an All Ireland final will have some player who can kick. If he'll he'll be one he'll be he'll be the free taker and the forty five free uh, forty five taker, and he will get. 15 frees in the game, but he'll score 10 of them. He'll score three quarters of them. And, you know, I don't think we need to be chopping and changing. I think we need one free taker, end the story, and just go along with it. End yeah. the story. And, but he has to be consistent. Sure. He has to get 70% of his kicks. Yeah. Simon Finn is next, and he says, Mark Kavanagh, still waiting on the call from Andy and his chipper. And Mark actually got in touch with us after and he says it was actually his Chinese. It was actually his Chinese? Not Chipper. Was, he was oh, waiting on the call. And, oh, all right. Okay. Right. And did he get the call from Chinese? I don't know. He says his Chinese was Friday. 
chipper. Sorry, chipper was Friday. Chinese was Sunday. And I said, what was Saturdays? It's the Friday. <laughs> Good lad. Um, next one is from Sean Howley. And he says, Mead have always been struggling up front, but seem to be getting more options to produce now. Yeah, we were talking about that earlier on. We think that we've we've kind of sorted that. Um, you know, we, we have options. And it looks like if 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 Jordy Morris can be the inside forward that we want him to be, he can be our five or six pointer. Sure. Tom O'Connor is next up and he says Jordan Morris with the symbol David Clifford. So as in Jordan Morris is better than David Clifford. In oh, well, he is now. Yeah, he's still in the championship. He's still in the championship and uh, David Clifford is not. Just thinking about my fantasy football team. My yeah, fantasy same game. as David Clifford is gone. Oh, well, David, what, what, do we do? what do we do now? We put in Jordan Morris. <laughs> that's exactly what we do. Definitely. Johnny Crawford is next and he says Jack Blake reckons he's ready for the call up and funny that because St. Bridget's his own club got back to us and it says they can confirm that Jack Blake is in no way ready for <coughs> any sort of call up. <laughs> <laughs> so so his own club have said he's not ready. No. Yeah, well look, you know We can't. We 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 can't we can't go above the club. Stevie Boy next up and he says Jordan Morris is the product of venturing into North Mead of the county for a change. Yeah, well, look, uh, the thing about that is that the hopefully um, the regional championship um, next year will um, will show that there are footballers in North Mead and not just uh, alcoholics. <laughs> well, there's both. <laughs> You're gonna join the North Mead club, I'd say next year. Oh, absolutely! There's something, there's something, uh, like uh, historically wrong with North Mead because you know, as soon as I ventured into North Mead to do this podcast, I said to David Erskine, "Give me a drink. Give me a double captain. Give me a double captain Morgan's Fanta." And I, I, and all of a sudden, I'm sitting here uh, doing a podcast with, uh, with with ice in my eyes. Owen J. Brennan says, GA Go said Ethan Devine is from the Fiend yeah. in Dublin. Yeah, we, we spoke about this earlier on how they didn't know where the players were from and, uh, you know, got their got their clubs wrong and, and stuff like that. Like, so look, you know, um, maybe maybe tweet them about it. <laughs> uh, David Goff, the man himself, um, obviously interview coming out with him on Tuesday, which were very much looking forward to but he's wondering is Jerry Barry available for a sneaky haircut and that's in reference to his own game in Roscommon uh, and Mayo at the weekend Mickey which he didn't have the championship haircut for and he felt himself that he felt slightly deprived of it yeah I have to say like um, David Goff on the weekend there Roscommon uh, game didn't look himself uh, he really did look himself Um David like is, is is super pruned and, 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 and super super looks super the whole time and I just didn't think I just didn't think he looked himself and uh, you know he, he needs to find he needs to find uh, 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 somebody with a, with a shears there to give him an old clipping because Jesus David let himself go yeah he did. That's a bit harsh, isn't it? <laughs> uh, he knows that money. That's tongue in cheek. <laughs> Emer Max is where Star of Campion, and I replied by saying he's in screen. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, look, Star Campion was on the squad this yeah. week and whatever. But look, as we said, 
it's just, this is a super, super uh, strong team that Mead have. And it's a super, super strong bench that they have. And like Derek Campion, I don't think he was on the bench last week, was no. he? No. He wasn't on the bench last week against Monaghan. He's in the bench this week against uh, Whitlow. And as I've said as well, it really seems that it goes by how well you're going in training because we can't figure out how uh, Andy McIntyre is picking the team at the moment. And, you know, like we're going by, if you're going by games, you would expect certain players to be playing. And then all of a sudden you go to the next game and it's a completely different team than you would have thought. So it must be going by training. And that's why maybe um, Daryl Campion wasn't in the panel last week, but is in the panel this week because he was training really hard. And you never know, if he trains hard next week, he could be in the starting 15. That's it. Sean Ryan says, panel needs more bracks. Panel needs more bracks. Well, look, that's, 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 that's just going to come eventually. It's going to come. It is. Uh, Jay Flood says, Jordan Morris will never recreate that again. But what a performance. Well, do you know what? <laughs> he won't create it again. Um, I don't know. Watch this space. I think it's in I think it's in him. 3-4 again. Wow. Uh, Robert Cox again, extra time sport. He says, Kildare, this is a good one. Kildare clean sheet in seven of their last nine games this year. Surely we'll find the net against them. Well, uh, uh, this is this is a really really good stat, and mm. if you if you look at it, I think that if Cavan can or sorry, if me can get a goal against him, Cavan couldn't get a goal against him. If me can get a goal against uh, Kildare, that would really put them on the back foot, and you know I think that goals are going to be crucial in that game. If Kildare can get a goal against Mead, it could be a basically. A goal in that game is going to be a massive, massive score. Yeah, absolutely. Ronan Thompson says, Costello seals his place over McEntee, question mark. And I suppose that is James McEntee, who has, I think, broken a bone in his hand, Mickey, uh, against the Dubs. So, like, I don't know about sealing his place over McEntee because James McEntee is a savage operator, but he's certainly a ready and willing and, and very able deputy for him. Yeah, well, the, the whole thing about it is, is that, again, is that the strength and depth. We, we can't call the half-back line from week to week. We know that there's one player who's going to be in the half-back line, and that is the one and only... Um, uh, uh, Donald Kogan. But when it comes to the rest of the half-back line, there is so many lads that are available for that. Like, that it's so hard to call but Costello was, he didn't do anything wrong, you know, no. and, and a really good game. He could be in the next day. James McAdee, if he comes back from injury, could be back in. Yeah. Harlan could be in. McCoy could be in. And Brian Condon could be in. But this is the absolute perfect scenario for me, that we have players that can take over that are as good as any player that's on the field. And say, right, well, if he doesn't have a good game, we've got a player to go in and replace him. Andy Smith says, Sunday game, given the game zero airtime. And uh, Colin McAreevy actually got in touch with us about this question. And Colin says, sure, it would take too long to show all the goals. <laughs> <laughs> it 
Go back, Colin. Colin has nothing really to shout about at the moment. Yeah, he's then, a mead man. He's, a, he's, a, he's, a, he's an honorary mead man now because he, he doesn't have Monaghan to, to shout for. Um, but um, and that's just a little bit of tongue in cheek. He has to follow me now. But um, um, yeah, look, look, in fairness, we probably have to look at this uh, uh, in realistic terms. We, we were really worried about this guy, game going into it. But realistically, it was Division 1 team against Division 14. Um, okay, they've been promoted and we've been relegated. But like on this year's show, it was Division 1 against Division 4. So we probably have to kind of look at it and go, well, the RT are probably looking at that going, yeah, it was, it was, a, it was probably, you know, expected. Um, which probably shows that Mead are seen in a higher light than we have been in recent years. So we kind of have to look at that and go, yeah, that's all right. We'll go in under the radar. Nothing much said about that game, right? We beat Wicklow, we comprehensively bet them. There is lots for improve, for improvement. In for improve. For improve. There's, there's lots of improvement to be made before the game against Kildare. So look, we just have to accept that. Johnny Foster says, Sean Brennan call up. Definitely. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Liam Byrne says, tight game, only 20 points, 28 points in it. Yeah, well, like, again, you know, it wasn't a tight game or whatever, um, but we still weren't the finished article. You know, we had we had 42 scoring chances and we took 21. We had 50% scoring, uh, scoring conversion from chances created. So, I mean, only had 50% a conversion rate in our freeze so like we're not the finished article so we can't be getting ahead of ourselves great performance against Wicklow as in score wise and to put them to the sword but we still missed an awful lot so we there's a lot of work to be done before we play Kildare Kildare are a different animal last but by no means least Oren Finnegan says when is the podcast going up when is the podcast going up? I don't know. Davey, when's it going up? You tell me. Well, we have a half a bottle of Captain Morgan's left to drink. And then uh, at some stage after that, I will uh, get to um, uh, editing the podcast. And there's going to be a lot of editing. Or is there going to be no editing? No, I just throw it up. Throw it up. Yeah. Just throw it up. So we'll just throw it up as it is. Davey, uh any, anything else there from Instagram Interactive? Thankfully, that's it. Thankfully, that's it. Have you anything else you want to add to the podcast? Yeah, there's one thing, and it's from uh, the Kilbride Club in, in Mead, uh, Mickey, who are currently... Kilbride Cl- Club in Mead? Yeah. Not Kilbride Club in a different county? In Roscommon. Oh, right, okay. Yeah. Because we'd be putting up something for them. Exactly. <laughs> They're a very successful <laughs> club. Uh, David Harford's been in touch with me, and he wants us to give a plug to Kilbride... GFC Mental Health and uh, Movember and a hundred kilometer walk, which they're doing throughout the month of December. They are raising money um on their GoFundMe page. Their target was achieved already, but they're going for 5k um to do it for Jigsaw Mead, which is our chosen charity, and that's where all the proceeds are going to. So if people can dig deep, give them a bit of a dig out there, Kilbride are, are going um and doing that walk for um, November and for mental health and do you have the link on GoFundMe I do and I don't uh, it's if you if you go to any of the Kilbride social media outlets you'll get it or Kilbride um, GoFundMe will probably get it on Google either 
Yeah, absolutely. And uh, well done to Kilbride. Um, you know, it's a time of the year um, where things usually get tough for a lot of people. Um, and not only that, but we've got lockdown as well. So if, if there is anybody out there who can throw a few bob um, towards this great initiative by Kilbride, they're doing the 5K and, uh, you know, uh, support them in any way you can. Um, it would be absolutely brilliant and uh, well done to, Kil- to, the, to the Kilbride Club. Um, that's it from this episode of the We Are Mead podcast. Don't forget, on our Loyal Royals podcast, you've got the review of Mead versus Wicklow and you've got um, interviews there from Andy McEntee and Shane McEntee after that game. Shane McEntee, Davey Rissman's man of the match. And also on our um, Loyal Royals podcast this week, we are doing the regional teams and we've continued that um, by doing the lock crew team this week. And we also have that unbelievable interview, the up-close, in, uh, in-depth and personal interview with David Goff that David Rispin did. Um, that's really worth a listen. It's absolutely brilliant. He's one of the top referees in the country. Um, he's our man. He's from Slane. And uh, David Goff is just a pure gentleman, but there are some really good um, uh, uh, stories in that. And, you know, to get the point of view of a referee who referees throughout Mead and throughout the country... Uh, all through the year is absolutely brilliant so that's it from us for this episode of the we are me podcast we are me why it matters more